This is Hemet. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast to support the show. Uh, hello. Hi. Long time no see. This is, listen, the dynamic is weird right now because we hung out last night for a long time. Which is weird. Which is weird for When there's us. no microphone in front of our faces. Yeah. So, I mean, thankfully your wife was there as a buffer. So That's I true. could talk to her when you were ignoring me. Yes. Which makes life easier. We watched Survivor. So to the one person who's very mad that we talk about Survivor, it's done after Hashtag this episode. justice for Owen and Cassidy. <laughs> Fuck Gabler. I'm saying it right now and forever. This I means nothing to Trumper. 99% of the people listening. Deal with it. Yes. Deal with it, nerds. I have to hear about <laughs> fucking sports all the time. You hear me talk about a very popular TV show. There you go. Um, okay. I This story, I've been waiting for like a week to talk about this because it happened, I think, right after we taped last time. Uh, I feel like someone just said, hey, check out this story in my hometown and you need to look into it. And then I start looking into the story. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, damn, what's going on down there? Long story short, within like five minutes, I reach out to the person at the center of the story and within like by the next day, we're having a phone chat and she's delightful. Okay, so here's the story. This woman named Emily Olson uh, just got elected to the city council in a town called Owasso, Michigan. And it's one of those, like, tiny Gilmore Girl-esque mm, towns, as far hollow. as I can figure out, minus all the liberalism. Oh, sure. Um, That's also Star <laughs> So here's her deal. She moved, I guess she must have gone to the city for whatever reason a, a while back. Well, She's she like, was at the beginning I, of a romance movie. That, so she had to yes. move to the city, yes. become a high-powered lawyer. Yes. And then she hometown. visits the small town. She's like, I love this small town. Uh-huh. And then she ends up moving there with her husband like last year. So when she gets there, she opens up a local store. She's sure. selling... Uh, whatever it is you sell in local stores. Is this a romance novel? Yes. And then she begins a group for progressive women uh, called the Fair Mavens. I forgot what that's a reference to, but Fair Maidens, ha, ha, ha. And then within a short time, she gets to know a lot of the people in the community, Mm -hmm. and she decides to make a run for the city council. Okay. Like, she gets ingratiated into, is that the right word? Like, part of this town. They ingratiate her into their... Yeah. Really quickly. So she runs for one of the four open city council seats. I Mm -hmm. think like seven people ran maybe for the seats. Is there a residency? She was fine. Okay. She's allowed to. Um, But basically, like, she's the sort of person you want to have on the city council because she's literally someone who chose to live there as opposed to someone who just happens to live there. And seems to be like laying down roots. Building community. And cheerleads for the town Mm -hmm. wherever she goes. So, like, she runs for the council. I think she took second place out of all the seats. Like, she made it on the city council. Fantastic. Mm. So, in the lead up to that, she goes to sit in at a city council meeting, making sure, like, is this the thing I really want to campaign for? Do Mm -hmm. I want to be a part of this? And she was surprised because even though she's hardly some sort of atheist activist Mm -hmm. or anything, she's like... Oh, that's weird. You guys say like an invocation prayer at the beginning of these meetings. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure they're all Christian. And also you say the Pledge of Allegiance, which is another kind of Christian prayer with the under God thing. Yeah. Isn't there a big Muslim population in Michigan? In certain parts of it. Yeah. But not this one. Okay. And so anyway, she gets elected and their first meeting is, I think, just before Thanksgiving. Mm. And so she gets elected. She's there. Uh, A lot of the people, I assume, who show up at these meetings don't necessarily know her. Mm -hmm. But one of the first things she brought up ahead of time when they do their, like, here's what we're going to put on the agenda, but before we're facing the public, Uh you know, they have those meetings, um, was the idea that, hey, look, if this is just a tradition we're carrying over, and I swear, when I talked to her about this... Uh I was like, oh, yeah, if they're doing a Christian-only invocation, that needs to go, or you need to make sure everyone's aware that mm-hmm. you you don't have to be Christian to deliver the invocation. She comes into it from a, oh, I don't think they realize, because they've been just doing this a long time. Yeah. Maybe you don't realize, like, this is kind of not cool for non-Christians. Mm-hmm. And by the way, a lot of people in our community do not identify as Christian. Sure. And so maybe you think this is just a nice tradition, but like it actually rubs some people the wrong way. That's... I'm going to do you a favor and bring that up. 
My sweet summer child. Yes. Oh, Emily. <laughs> and so, Emily, listen. We love you. You need to listen to our back catalog. This is going to go poorly for you, my sweet angel. So during the meeting, she raises the issue again when it's mm. that part of the agenda where mm. she basically says, I think we should get rid of the prayer at the beginning of our meetings. Mm-hmm. One other person on, I think, the seven-person city council is is on her side and mm. says, we should replace it with the moment of silence. Sure. Totally fine. Um, So she did that. That's one thing Mm, to keep in mind. The second thing is at the beginning of the meeting, before she mentioned that during the Pledge of Allegiance, she turned her chair to face the flag when it was time to say it, but she didn't stand up. Mm -hmm. She did not say the pledge. Which is her right as an American. Absolutely her right. Which I believe they're pretty into individual rights <laughs> up in Michigan. So she doesn't stand for the pledge and people are like, mm, who's this person? Uh, then yeah. she says, maybe we should get rid of the invocation prayer. And then they bring out the pitchforks. I swear to God, this is a movie I've seen. <laughs> it's on Lifetime right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. And they, one of the things she said, because when, uh, when another council member said, we're going to keep the prayer and they all very much applauded, she says... I can tell everyone fervently applauded at the idea of keeping the prayer. And I just question, what is it that is lost by making the room more inclusive? Where's the harm? I respect everybody's religion. I just don't know that it belongs at the outset of a government meeting anyway. So, yes, she's saying all the right stuff. But also, as people who have talked about this for many years, it's like, oh, oh, no. Oh, I this really is not just want to well. give her a hug. I like, know. not in a condescending way, in a way of, like, of course you went in eyes open thinking, like, hey, maybe you got, like, she gave them the benefit of the doubt. Yes. And so, <sighs> at one point, one of the other council members chimes in, uh, and I, I will spoil this real quickly, not everyone's on board with this. What? Yeah, I know. One of the council members said if we remove the prayer, it would be, and I'm quoting, exclusionary to Christians. Oh, that is true because um, they would have to move up the Islamic prayer, like alphabetical order, right? <laughs> so they'd move up the Islamic pl- yeah. prayer. Well, the Hindu prayer is first. Right. I mean, it's, so, it is a whole thing. He is right. It would be extremely unfair to Christians. Very Thank unfair. Thank you, sir. Proving yet again that these Christian nationalists think neutrality is oppression. Mm-hmm. The same guy later said, well, this is a Christian city. To which... Hey, sir. (laughs) Hey, sir. Can I just point you once again to the First Amendment? To which Emily Olson chimes in and says, politely, I'm paraphrasing, you're basically reinforcing what I just said about getting rid of the prayer because it's excluding a lot of people. Is this on video? It is definitely on video. But I will say, the reason I didn't just take out one clip Uh is because this is like a 10-minute, 20-minute discussion that doesn't have one soundbite here and there. You don't want us to just sit quietly and listen to it. I thought about it. I definitely thought about it. Another another guy said it's a slow, to her, slow news week. Same dude says to her, "You need to basically respect our traditions." He says, "When you go visit a friend's house, if they ask you to take your shoes off, you do." To which Emily Olson said, "Kind of there," and also to me. This is the city council. Everyone owns this house, which, yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, and I do, that's why I asked about the residency thing right up front, because I was like, whatever this woman is going to do, it, somebody is going to tell her that she doesn't belong here. And uh, so I was curious if they were going to try to pull something I know, if like she that. were a browner woman, you wonder. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the mayor then chimes in and says, in my seven years, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, in my seven years on the council, no one has ever told me, quote, they felt excluded by having prayer. First of all, seven years is not that long. It's not that long. But to which Emily says, basically, how many times... She she wondered this. She didn't challenge him right then and there. But, like, how many times have you been asked about this? Of course not. Because you say they... No one's ever come to me about this issue. Why would they feel safe? Why would they feel comfortable coming to you knowing clearly where you stand on the matter? And anyway, so this happens. They just the mayor's like, you know what? We're gonna take a vote on this like right now. 
uh, do we keep the prayer or not? They vote five to two to keep the prayer in place. Mm. Uh, Emily Olson voted against it. So did her allies suggested the moment of silence. And then the mayor, because he's not done being Elon yet, says like, and now I'm going to forbid this topic from ever coming up again during the next two years of my term. Forbid. Can he do that? Uh, He can, I guess. And if he can, I feel like he should probably use his power for good and not utter pointless. You know those people who you give them a little bit of power and they run crazy with it? Yeah, they're called white men. Like, what are you talking about? Like, petty tyrants run amok (laughs) in in city councils. So none of this. Sorry, white men. Don't at me anymore. None of this is why I got in touch with her. This was, to me, I read that story in a local paper, like where she was challenging the prayer tradition. I'm like, okay, I've seen that before. I hope she's all right. (laughs) Then I saw- not impressed. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I've I've seen this story before. Mm -hmm. Um, Interesting, but okay, what else is happening? (laughs) Then I see the second story. Here's where it gets insane. Um, A blogger, local blogger, some guy, writes her a letter- and hands it to her, I believe, at the second city council meeting, which happened earlier this month, like a couple weeks after that first one. Okay. At the beginning of the meeting, he hands her like a letter, and I think she opens it up, sees that there's a lot of writing on it, and says, all right, I'm closing this now. I will read this later. Fine. Which I think set this guy off a little bit. But when she read it, uh, here is what this guy, Tom, oh wrote to her. Uh is it I, handwritten or typed? Oh, oh, it is handwritten. Oh, it's not like cut out of magazine, not, the little serial killer letters? Should have been, that wasn't. Been very funny. Uh, he basically, okay, I'm going to read this part of this letter. Because imagine you're Emily and you get this letter. I am. And I just want to point out <laughs> that Tom, the guy mm-hmm. who's handing her this letter, is a tall guy, older guy, white, uh, wears like a, ho- a hat and a coat and whatever. Here's what the letter, <laughs> hold that thought. Here's what the letter says. Um, I was given a vision, a very detailed vision. My observation point in the vision was from your back parking lot. It's cold out, winter. You have a coat on. You are leaving your store. Your back is to the parking lot, and you are locking the door. A man, 5'10", 50 to 60-ish, white, neatly dressed, wearing an overcoat and dress hat, walks up to you from the north side. You see him. You know him. You (gasps) smile. And without saying a word, he shoots you. He calmly walks away and leaves in a dark-colored vehicle. Hands her this letter. My fucking God, this man is threatening to kill her. And again, he is a man who fits the description of the guy he just mentioned in his vision. Yeah, that's why I said he's threatening to kill her. Let's not pretend that's anything else. Oh, I know. And he says, oh, no, I would never send a threat. I had a dream about this. God spoke to me through the dream. I'm trying to warn you. Oh. That's his take on this. Sure, and that was a really chill way to do that, dude. Mm -hmm. So at that point, I'm like, oh, my God. Wait, wait, hold on. I'm sorry. In the end, I I just want to remember, the end of it says, and he shoots you, walks away calmly. Uh, end he of shoots you. He calmly walks away and leaves in a dark-colored vehicle. And that that's was the uh, end of the letter. I don't remember if that was the end of so it. So there's but no like, be careful. Like that's what I'm wondering. It's like, is it just like? I don't there have you in go. Front of go me, fuck so yourself. I don't know. Yeah. Um. But she. I mean, she reported it to law enforcement. But as she's talking to friends in the community, and she does have friends in the community. Of there. First of all, I believe one of the comments was, "I don't think the cops are going to help you because they're like buddy buddy with this Tom guy." Wait. And also, everyone's like. Oh, Tom, he's the village, like, kook. And it's like, no, 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 this this is not some cute, creepy dude. This is not okay, and this is scary. I mean, the layers of it, mm-hmm. the layers of the Christian entitlement and the toxic masculinity, and the, oh my God, these um, people are fucking... Off a newspaper there, rocker. the Argus Press, they also reported, this is almost a afterthought in their article, they didn't mean it that way, but it was. This is not the first time the guy has done shit like this. Apparently, a little while back, he told a local school board member, I guess they had a situation in the district where there was a school building that was going unused, and the board was trying to figure out, what do we do with this property that mm-hmm. our district owns? Mm-hmm. Like, how do we sell it? How do we do? What's the best process? And he apparently told a board member that she would, quote, face God's wrath unless 
they sold that former school to a church in the area. So, like, this guy just, this is what he does. What Jesus had in mind. According to every mega cultist I've ever heard from, yes. God will strike you down? Uh, God's wrath. God's wrath. Yeah. I mean, don't you, like, wasn't God's wrath, like, just kind of saved for, like, the big ends? Like, the Noah's oh, storm oh, thing? Oh, no, God goes after just always everybody. The I guess they sent, he sicked a bear on some kids for calling another kid bald, which is... A dude, yeah, an older guy bald. It was great. Real funny. One of the good chapters. It really is. Um, one of the former county commissioners, she's, I guess a reporter called her up, like, hey, what do you think about this? Um, and here's what yeah, she get them said. All on the fucking yeah, record. get them on the record. Here's what she said. Well, I think that hit a nerve talking about the pledge and the prayer thing. She said, Emily, talking about Emily, she hit the Christians, the churchgoers, and the veterans. I don't know veterans? how with the pledge. Oh, the pledge. I don't know how you can alienate so many people in just one meeting. I mean, oh boy, I don't even know what to say. Like, part, like such a big chunk of me is like, yeah, yeah, this was an absolute inevitability. Like, maybe you should have slow played it. But, like, no, mm-hmm. absolutely not, girl. Like, do your fucking thing. You're in the right. The Constitution has your back. There was one more meeting. And, of course, this time the, the mob comes out to be to be oh, very, make a public sure. comment about how offensive she is. I'm one, a Christian, so everyone's a Christian. <laughs> this is how logic works. Yeah, one guy says, like, you should, basically tells her you should be recalled because you took an oath to upstand the flag, Not his it. exact words, and you mock mm, it and nothing. throw it in our faces. A, she didn't. B, upstand a flag is nothing. Yes. And then a high school senior in the area says, sure. you need to respect these men. Talking about the, the veterans. Yes, talking so about the veterans. Um, Fucking so anyway, I call, I, she was nice enough to answer my messages. And so we ended up talking and I love this person. Yeah, of course. She's, she's amazing. The best. And one of the things she pointed out, she's like, uh, this is very, she is not us in terms of the activism thing. She is genuinely a good person who happens to just be one. She's personally not that religious, right. but two, she's like, oh, I'm a city council member. I got to look out for everybody. Well, not those everybody's. <laughs> and Emily. she's like, uh, I'm, she's very much not trying to shove Christ, uh, trying to be anti-American or shove anything down anyone's throats. She's saying a third of our city is Christian. The rest are not, but the council's practices treat it like it's a hundred percent. And she has gotten mm. a lot of feedback from people who feel seen and heard. Good for her. And she also said like, she genuinely did not see the backlash coming. Oh. Um, she genuinely thought that if she expressed her concerns politely, calmly, then mm-hmm. her colleagues would understand and act accordingly. Not so much. Um, wow. And she doesn't mind if people are upset. She doesn't mind if they're speaking out against her, but uh, just, I I just hope she's safe. Nothing has happened yet to the mm-hmm. dude who wrote the letter, as far as I can tell. Um, can I just predict the future for a second? Would you like to? Mm, nothing's going to happen. I'm sorry, I blacked out. Did I say yes. anything? Uh, no. Sometimes spirits move through yes. me. Okay. Uh, so I, here's the one thing, though. If they keep the prayers going, which they are... Uh, that means anyone in the city of Owasso who's not Christian mm. can legally say, I want to give an invocation. And if you happen to be a Muslim or a Satanist or an atheist or anything like that, uh, now's your chance, people. I mean, they love your prayers. They want them really badly. Stay away Owasso, from Tom. Michigan, how far away is it? Can we take a roadie? <laughs> Go for it. I've. I can't remember where in the state it is. It, I would break out my hand and show you. Yeah, like the, no, uh, you sh- I wouldn't trust it if you. Could. <laughs> oh, it's pretty far north. It's like hey, uh, long, north of Lansing. Long kind of trip up by Boom Flint. Uh, okay, I'm gonna jump to a different story because this one actually it's made me really smile. Probably really pretty this time of year. We should maybe. It's not uh, bad. You may want to put on your headphones for this one though. Oh, okay. Um, here's the story you guys may have all heard about this one that. Recently, the White House passed a bill that basically repeals the Defense of Marriage Act, that stupid bill. And it basically says, no matter what Clarence Thomas and the Supreme Court decide to do, if they decide uh, Obergefell no longer applies and marriage is left up to the states, Mm -hmm. um, then you know some states are going to be like, no more same-sex marriage in our state. 
the law would say if you are in a same-sex marriage Mm -hmm. when it was legal, and it is, then it's still valid. Mm -hmm. And if you get married in a state where it's legal, that marriage will be valid even if you go to Mississippi. In any other state. Um, Yeah, so that's what the new law is. And during the debate that went on about that law, one of the Republicans who was very upset about it uh, was Vicki Hartzler, who is from Missouri, and basically, she's like, this is horrible. It's misguided. So it's misguided dangerous. dangerous. There are so many Christian right activists who are like, this bill impedes upon nothing. My the answer pers- is nothing. Because no church will have I to do any of this, this is. stuff. This is the crying lady oh, and yes. then her nephew? And I have, Hell yes! I even have the clip for you. Oh, but the best gang. part about Vicki Hartzler crying isn't just the Vicki Hartzler crying clip. It's that for the second time, uh-huh. because this happened like two years ago where she spoke out against marriage equality. Is the second her, time? And her nephew is like, that's my aunt. She's a bigot. <laughs> and then, and I forgot about that kid for a while. And he himself is gay. So and he, he does, is gay. Uh, but he made a TikTok uh, responding to her crying. I want to play so that for good. you now. Oh, I'm so excited. Here is uh, Andrew Hartzler, her ne- uh, nephew, talking about her. Today, a United States Congresswoman, my Aunt Vicky, started crying because gay people like me can get married. I hope and pray that my colleagues will find the courage to join me in opposing this misguided and this dangerous bill. So dramatic. So despite coming out to my aunt this past February, I guess she's still just as much as a homophobe. Let's be clear. Obergefell is not in danger, but people and institutions of faith are. Aunt Vicky, that's not right. Institutions of faith like religious universities are not being silenced. They're being empowered by the U.S. government to discriminate against tens of thousands of LGBTQ students because of religious exemptions, but they still receive federal funding. The bill's implications submit to our ideology or be silenced. It's more like you want the power to force your religious beliefs onto everyone else. And because you don't have that power, you feel like you're being silenced. But you're not. You're just gonna have to learn to coexist with all of us. And I'm sure it's not that hard. That was the end of his TikTok. So good. He's he's awesome. My sweet boy. Um, and well, again, the shocking thing about that is I realized when I was watching that, wait a minute, this guy sounds familiar. Oh yeah. This happened before, and if you're looking for more about this kid, Andrew Hartzler, there are interviews with him. There are articles about him, because really? everyone was like, oh, really? Vicky Hartzler's nephew, with who shares her name, uh-huh. uh, so is speaking out against sh- it. Her name. And so I do appreciate that every time she goes full bigot, reporters go to this kid. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's like 20 or something. But they go to him, and they're like, give us comment. And he's like, I'm here for you. Yeah, truly. He's awesome. So good that on him. That must be so satisfying, too. Especially because the bill passed, and yeah. then Joe Biden signed it into law. So yeah. more power Big to him. Big day for him. everybody. Congratulations to our queer people for no longer being one stroke of a pen away from you losing more constitutional rights no than kidding. you already have. Congrats to us all, I guess. <laughs> Let's go to this other story that involves the after-school Satan Club, Mm. which we've talked about before, but basically, if you're not familiar with it, these ass clubs, they do not promote Satan uh, or Satanic beliefs or Satanism or anything like it. After-school Satan Clubs are basically saying, hey, there are elementary schools, public elementary schools, that legally mm-hmm. host good news clubs, which are basically Christian evangelism indoctrination sure. clubs. And if the districts allow those clubs to meet at elementary schools mm-hmm. and they follow the rules, they have a parent who's sponsoring it maybe or a student interested, all okay. that's fine. But if you open that door, then other religious groups get to have their club too if there's enough interest and Enter they meet the guidelines. Enter Satanism. Enter Satanism. So after school Satan club... Uh, was planning... So what do they do at these clubs? It's not about indoctrination. They say on their website, we focus on free inquiry and rationalism, the scientific basis for which we know what we know about the world around us. 
It's a science club with sure. like a devilish twist. They do art projects. They learn about compassion. Like if I didn't tell you it was after school Satan club, you'd be like, oh, it's like an after school arts science yeah. club. Cute, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fun is the name of it. Sure. And if it rubs you the wrong way, that's on you because mm-hmm. you don't know what it's all about. Mm-hmm. So there's a good news club in Virginia's Chesapeake Public Schools at a place called Williams Primary School. Okay. So here, here comes the uh, after school Satan club. And they say, we want to set up shop at your school. We followed all the guidelines. We have a parent in the district who wants to like basically we have a local co-sign, resident who yeah. wants to co-sign on this and like the district looked at the paperwork and they basically said, yeah, you, I mean, doesn't matter what we think. You did everything you were supposed to do. We're not allowed to say no. So whatever doesn't okay. matter. That's how it should go. Um, there was a little snag like a week ago. Cause that parent who co-signed the paperwork said, I want out for personal reasons. Okay. But the, the Satanists, basically the satanic temple said, that's fine. Mm-hmm. We actually have another parent who's willing to co-sign. And so we just got to start the process over. They did it. They resubmitted the application. And so the question is, will the district give it a green light now? Yeah. It should be the same process. Nothing it has changed. It should be a rubber stamp if they've it done all the same be. things. But this week, there was a board meeting oh boy. Uh, for the Chesapeake Public Schools board. By the way, they already, I was told, have 13 kids signed up to attend that first meeting, which cool. was supposed to be today, Thursday, uh, uh, as we're taping this. Supposed to be. Um, but this earlier this week, uh, when they had the school board meeting, mm-hmm. this is where people got angry. Like, this has been in the news for a couple of months now because parents have... Started flipping out when they heard the name. Sure. They said all the things you expect. Uh, Here's one parent. I think there's a lot of controversy with that just because you don't really want that kind of stuff pushed on your child. Uh, A really thoughtful and studied opinion. Yes. I don't know if he's afraid of the crafts or the compassion part of it. I think the second. Um, Another lady said, I could not believe that our schools would allow something like this. Mm. Satan. I just don't think that's the word kids need to hear. Okay. So congratulations to that mother on Mm. never attending church again. (laughs) So this is what Christians have been doing for the past couple months. So on Monday, they had their board meeting. So they've gotten rid of all like the poor and hungry people. They got that taken care of. Taken care of every other issue. And now the Christians are on this one. And a lot of like a lot of the people making public comments to the school board, Mm -hmm. and they're allowed to make public comments, and the school board just has to sit there and take it. Um, but a lot of them were saying this is hate speech, which hell tells, not. Uh huh. Um, and uh, one of the Satanic Temple volunteers said, "My religion does not need your approval to exist. Yeah. My beliefs are not subject to your approval. Empathy, reason, compassion for your fellow human beings. Satan is a rebel against tyranny and the ultimate questioner of authority. Those are the moral lessons we are basically teaching kids. Hmm. So here's the deal: they go through all these." public all these christians show up at the meeting they say these really stupid things about why the satanic club should not be allowed there and everybody claps at the end anyway everybody claps uh kevin sorbo i'm sure shows oh up my gives, goodness. I, I assume. does a victory lap yes. does a backflip but here's the thing so afterwards the school board they're not voting or anything they're just taking this all in uh-huh. there is an open question on did, will you give the resubmitted application a green light and here's what they get to i'm nervous the superintendent of the district said that we need to do some further review and a safety assessment before making a decision about rubber stamping this resubmitted a f- application. Physical safety? Are yeah. they not using safety scissors for their crafts? Right. Like, uh, so what is a safety assessment what? for what? Because there's no reason to think the kids who would ne- attend this club are in danger. Yeah. There's no reason to think the people running. The do satanic you club have to, for speech team, do you have to run a safety test to make nope. sure kids can do all those funny voices at the same time without <laughs> their heads exploding? Nothing is like it. Not even close. <laughs> um, but, like, the Satanists had no reason, there's no reason to think anyone involved is doing anything wrong. Yeah. Really, all the 
threats that were being made, and there were threats. They were by the Christians. The Christians said it was evil. I'm noticing a theme in this episode. Right. Uh, If anyone's going to take measures into their own hands, it's going to be some deranged Christian. Mm -hmm. Um, And here's the thing that really tipped it for the school board. Mm -hmm. Let's say they want to do everything right and legal, because that's what it looked like up to this point. Yeah. Last month, you may have seen this in the news, horrible. In Chesapeake, a man who worked at a Walmart shot and killed, like, six people, a lot of his colleagues, like, working the overnight shift there. Um, It was, like, a mass murder that I think happened right after Club Q, and it's like, oh, no, the second mass murder got overshadowed by the first mass murder, Mm -hmm. something like that. But that guy who did the shooting, uh, they found a note on his phone, like, an explanation, a manifesto of sorts, Mm -hmm. and one of the things he wrote in there was, I promise things just fell in place like I was being led by the Satan. And he also made a lot of reference to God told me to do this. God was telling me all this. He made like more than a dozen references to God in his note. Uh And he said, I was being led by Satan to do the thing I'm about to do, which is really bad. Once. And all these people, a lot of the people making public comments at the school board meeting is like, well, that's what a Satanist does. No, honey, that's what a Christian does who believes in Satan. But you get the point. Like they're all thinking that shooter had some connection to well, Satan. These Satanists want to come into our schools and all the people involved in the after-school Satan club are like, we have nothing to yeah. do with that guy. You're closer to that guy because you share his beliefs. We don't believe in Satan. They're trying to explain all this. Right. Well, and also if that guy had not mentioned the word Satan anywhere, they would give no credence to him being led by God, right? <laughs> right Nobody right. would be like, see, God is trying to kill us all. But so even despite no connections, the school board referenced the shooting before saying, Jeez. we just want to evaluate safety concerns. Do they do that for all the Christian uh, They groups? do because not. lots uh, of uh, mass shootings are done by Christians. Right. Lucian Greaves, the uh, Satanic Temple spokesperson, I asked him for a comment, and he basically summarized the school board's response by... Basically, he imitated what they were saying. We're not denying you equal access to a public forum. We are protecting you from what we'll do to you if you use the public forum by preventing you from using it. So... If, funny. if that's an exaggeration, it's not by much because, mm-hmm. yeah, they're basically it, caving mean, in to the threats made by the Christians in the community. I mean, it does reak of everyone's created equal. Some are just more, more equal, equal than, than others. Yeah. Like, it does reek and of it's, that. It's not hard to see this school board saying, you know, we did a safety assessment. And for that reason that we're worried for the safety yeah. of the kids, we're going to say no to your group. Not because of your beliefs, but because we're worried about. The, the Can I safety. make a prediction? Mm-hmm. It's really dark. Mm. I think they're going to deny it because they are worried about the threats from the community against the Satan Club. And so they're not going to approve the Satan Club because Christians are being too threatening. And that's what the danger is going to be. So that's I will my say, prediction. The Satanic Temple said, we're waiting for the safety process to finish. Mm-hmm. Our next meeting, I mean, the second meeting was scheduled for like the end of January. They don't do this all the time. Every couple of months. They said, all right, fine. Our next meeting is January 26th. Mm. We got time. We will wait to see what the board does. And if the board says no, there's a good chance the Satanic Temple, they didn't tell me this. I'm predicting they could file a lawsuit saying you're denying us equal access. And this safety thing is just a ruse to get around that. Mm. Um, But... Just keep it in mind. That Interesting would be hard thing. to prove in court, don't you think? I don't know. They have a lot of emails saying like, yep, you filled out all the paperwork correctly. There's no, no reason to think point. they're connected to anything. Especially so. when things change between the last Satan Club and the, the new one. All right. Hmm. Interesting. Let me give a shout out to our sponsor for this episode. If you enjoy blasphemous humor, it turns out God has a podcast. It's called The God Pod, and it's co-hosted by God and Jesus, or I guess solo hosted, if I have my Christian theology right. God's basically tired of everyone taking cheap shots at him, and he wants to set the record straight. Along the way, he speaks with his buddies, as well as comedians, scientists, and other people who will probably spend eternity in hell. And that includes me. I was on an earlier episode debating God. Naturally, I won. And I also enjoyed another episode where he basically damns the Supreme Court for overturning Roe v. Wade. You will have to listen to learn why that made him angry. 
You can't go wrong with adding the God Pod to your rotation. It is incredibly funny. There's never a dull show. Just search for The God Pod on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. All right, let me jump to this story from our buddy, Louis Gomert. Do you remember Louis Gomert? The name rings bell, but I can't. He is a it. Texas congressman. Oh boy, and State congressman? Uh, no, like Marjorie oh. Taylor Greene congressman type uh, from Texas. Mm-hmm. He's been there forever. He is everything mega, every election mm-hmm. denying, every uh, global warming is a hoax sort of thing. Gotta, That's yeah. Louis Gomert. And he talks exactly like you think he talks. Like Foghorn Leghorn? There you go. Yay. Um, and actually, I will say, before I get into the story, he said he was going to retire from Congress because he was going to run for Attorney General of Texas. And then he got clobbered in the GOP primary. Uh-oh. Oh, so, God, he didn't even get through the primary. Nope. And so he will be gone from Congress Bye. next month. But on Monday this week... Gomert was giving a general speech on the floor of the U.S. House, as mm-hmm. many Congress people are they're allowed to do it. They speak about whatever's on their mind, mm-hmm. whatever, because it's like in the records sure. and like you're on C-SPAN. Congrats. <laughs> and he gave this 25 minute speech, which normally this is one of those things where you tune out. There's nothing there to listen to. Uh-huh. And honestly, this didn't even cross my radar at first. Okay. But here's what he said. He basically said. You know, I have a friend named Tommy Nelson who runs a de- who runs the Denton Bible Church in Denton, Texas. And Tommy sometimes jokes about how he would one day give a sermon when I get to speak to Congress. And this is what I would say if I got to speak in front of Congress. And what Louis Gomert said is, well, Tommy isn't going to get that chance because that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. You can't just speak to Congress. Mm-hmm. But I'm in Congress. So I asked him, what would you like to say to Congress? And I will deliver the message for you. Okay. So here is the message Tommy wants to tell all of you. And it won't surprise you that a lot of it is Christian nationalist rhetoric. Of course. A lot of anti-gay bigotry about like marriage has to be protected, whatever. Mm. Um, a belief that if everyone just believes in the Christian God, all of society's problems would be solved Mm. and at one point um he explained this is what gomert says quoting i think tommy nelson without god and his word to guide man his fallen nature is unleashed and unlike nature man has become more and more immoral violent ignorant and cruel so we all need the Christian God is what he's getting at. Mm-hmm. And the reason that didn't register is I'm like, all right, it's like a conservative Christian nationalist type doing a sermon. Mm-hmm. I mean, it shouldn't happen, but it happens. Mm-hmm. I've heard it. The reason that name didn't ring a bell, though, like this is someone had to point out to me like, no, that name should ring a bell. Okay. Here's why that name has rung a bell. After I looked into it, I'm like, oh, my God, it's this guy. Who is Tommy Nelson of Denton Bible Church? Tommy Nelson made news like uh, not that long ago, and I think we talked about him on this show because his church, this Denton Bible Church, is like a hotbed of allegations and abuse. And Tommy Nelson is right at the center of it. So here's what Gomert somehow did not mention anywhere in his speech, that a former youth pastor at the church was repeatedly accused of sexual abuse Mm. And in 2021, was sentenced to 33 months in prison because for sexually uh, assaulting two girls on church trips. And here's the thing. He didn't mention that Tommy Nelson, upon hearing about all this, Mm -hmm. the charges against his former colleague, Mm -hmm. he commissioned a third-party investigation into the matter, as he had to do pretty much. Uh And that report found that, oh, no, it wasn't just those two girls. It was 14 girls. And 11 of them were at Denton Bible Church, Tommy Nelson's church. And the report also said church leaders knew about these allegations, but never took them seriously. Like at one time, like years ago, they said, we heard about, we need you to write an apology letter to the child. And then he didn't do it and no one cared. That's how they handled allegations of sexual abuse. Wait, can we just, yes. while we're sitting in this misery, uh, can yes. we just trace back to the last story we did about if everybody was Christian, nothing bad would ever happen? That was Tommy Nelson. That was a Tommy Nelson original, too. So. Uh-huh. Just and then, uh, 
Gomer did not mention that. <laughs> oh, oh, I, me. I heard it. Tommy Nelson's church also refused to give that guy in particular a job as a high school pastor, youth pastor, in 2001, quote, because of his pattern of being alone with girls. Like, they knew there was something up with this guy. Okay. But they never made that public. No. And they definitely did not share that information with other churches, because guess what? That guy later got a job as a youth pastor in another state. Why? Because there was a recommendation letter from Tommy Nelson. Mm, took a note from uh, from the old Catholic church, eh? Mm. And then the abuse of children continued. Oh, that's so strange. After so that. Wait, wait, wait. A church leader had the power to make sure a man who has a history of uh, abusing children in his care. Is, they put a stop to it. He mm. knew that was happening. And then instead of stopping more children from being abused, yeah. what he did was, I'm, I'm sorry, could you repeat? He wrote a letter of... He wrote a letter of recommendation. Recommend, recommendation. Yes, mm, to mm-hmm, this dude. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, okay. And then, so I'm sorry, Gomer didn't say any of that in his 25-minute speech. What he did say was Pastor Tommy Nelson was full of, quote, profound truth. And that truth can only come from a higher power. What does profound truth mean? Like, it's not just the facts. It's facts that only God can stick in your uh-huh. head. I don't know. I would know. just think that, like, kind of truth is truth is truth. Kind of mm. putting a hat in a hat Yeah, but say. the MAGA people have better truths. Uh, I guess. Truth social, even. I thought they were supposed to be self-evident, but I'm really mm. having a hard time. Sorry, they don't know what you're talking about. Okay, okay. Uh-huh. All right. Different. Here's a somewhat happier story. Good. Maybe. Could be. Uh, there is, you know that Alcoholics Anonymous is famous for having religious rules in their 12 steps. Please refer to my interview with Mike Flanagan mm-hmm. about his exploration of AA as an atheist. It was the best two <laughs> hours of my entire life. There you go. Off so one go. of the, like the first 12 steps, you got to give your, I think it's the first, like give yourself over to a God or a power greater than ourselves. Well, and there's the prayer is a huge part of it. Yeah. Uh-huh. So Alcoholics Anonymous, again, If it works for you, it works for you. But it is a religious organization. Mm -hmm. And the problem is sometimes courts will tell someone, Mm -hmm. listen, you have this addiction. We need you to go through a treatment program. And until you go through the treatment program, you're not going to get your life back or whatever it is you need to go on with your life. Teaching license, driver's license, whatever it is. And so that's fine. Courts can mandate that people go through treatment programs. The problem in New York specifically is that in a lot of cases, uh, New York judges only offer AA as the alcohol treatment program. You said this is New York? New York specifically. And that's a problem because if you're non-religious or not Christian, maybe that doesn't work for you. We just covered a story not that long ago about a United uh, Airlines pilot who who was struggling with alcohol addiction. He's Hindu? Uh, Buddhist. Buddhist. And he basically said, I, listen, I can't do Alcoholics Anonymous. I'm fine with your yes, thing that says I got to go through a treatment program to mm-hmm. get my pilot's license back. But I'm Buddhist. There is a Buddhist alternative to AA Can that mandates, that has this, hits all the same marks, mm-hmm. has all the same like data. It works. Can I just do that instead? Mm-hmm. And at first, AA, uh, uh, sorry, American United Airlines mm-hmm. is like, nope. Right. And there was a lawsuit, and they just settled. And United Airlines said, fine, you can do your other one. Fine. We're not going to we'll hold that against the Constitution. You. So I anyway, hate it. in New York, they're sometimes only telling people you have to do AA. So okay. it turns out in New York last year, fully aware of this issue. The only openly non-theistic member of New York's state legislature, his name is uh, Harvey Epstein, he sponsored a bill saying, look, I'm going to paraphrase the bill because it's a lot of words, basically says, if you have to mandate that, you have to offer people an alternative if they don't want the religious option. Yeah. Right. Fair. Right? Like, shouldn't, shouldn't even be a problem. Correct. And yet, and, and yet. well, earlier this year, that bill passed in the General Assembly, their version of the state house. Okay. Uh, like, it wasn't even close, 99 to 47. Like, in June, it passed in the state Senate, 49 to 14. 
Okay. That bill, as of this week, it's gone through all the paperwork side uh-huh. of things. Now it sits on Governor Kathy Hochul's desk. Okay. She has like 265 past pieces of legislation sitting on her desk. Listen, and this is every governor has to do something like this where it's the end of the year. Here are the bills for you to sign or veto or do whatever it is you're going to do with them. And she hasn't signed this one yet. That doesn't mean there's anything weird about it or anything going on. Yeah. But she hasn't signed it yet. And she should, because there's yeah. nothing controversial about this. The, I'm going to read from uh, Epstein's uh, blog post about or uh, post about this on his website. The purpose of this legislation is to ensure that New Yorkers in recovery are matched with treatment programs and support meetings that align with their personal beliefs. Now is that right? Is common Simple. sense. And he also says this bill would seek to avoid costly lawsuits. That people are going to bring against us because we're not doing this. Mm. So, like, it's a win-win for everybody. Foresight. You we're, love to right? see it. Sensible legislation. Uh, Hochul is trying to. I'm not saying she's progressive in any way, but she is a Democrat. There's mm. no reason she shouldn't sign it. Every, seriously, every church-state separation group mm-hmm. have called for her to pass this bill. Good. Even uh, secular alternative recovery programs like Smart Recovery sure. have said, yeah, pass this bill. It's a good idea. Is there any kind of, I've never thought about this before, mm-hmm. like, is there any kind of lobbyist for, like, big AA? Like, how... For Alcoholics Anonymous, not yeah. so much. Is I think it just it's... the only game in town for so long that they And they, they don't never know there's anything to... else. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. And again, if the goal so is like... it's not like glad-heading a bunch of people of like, hey, keep AA right. the only recovery option. There's no one with AA lobbyist hats <laughs> exactly. up there. But I think for a lot of people, they assume it works, yeah. which, by the way, there's plenty of people who will tell you it does not for them. I think famously but it does also, not work very well. But also, they don't well realize done. there are other alternatives or that AA is religious. They just assume sure. it's fine. That's and it's point. like, no, you don't understand. There are problems with it. Um, But again, no one's asking for leniency on this. Mm -hmm. They're saying, look, if you want data-driven treatment programs, Mm -hmm. AA is not the only game in town. And if we have a problem with the religious aspects of a program, Mm -hmm. tell us about it. Oh, the bill would require judges to ask them, do you have a problem with the religious elements of stuff in this program? And if you do, can we give you, like, we'll get you an alternative thing. It's fine. It's a good bill. Sure. It shouldn't hurt anybody. I, I have yet to see any Christian group arguing against it, which is kind of surprising. Maybe it's under their radar. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like but, the Christians don't necessarily use AA as their like biggest yeah. arm, I don't think. It's kind Thank of a Thank goodness one. Franklin Graham doesn't have a recovery program or else this oh, would boy, be... Oh, boy, could you imagine? God. It'd be so boring. Uh, this is a troubling story out of Franklin Academy, which is a public charter school in Florida. Who oh boy. Uh, and oh here's boy. what happened. Charter and schools in Florida. Yikes school. on bikes. You know this isn't going to end well. Um, th- I guess three Muslim students at the school mm-hmm. uh, were looking for a place during the day to say their prayers. Um, and usually if this happens at a public school, they've already worked it out with the administrators. Like, is there a private place we can go? Like an empty classroom. An office. Yeah, we had accommodations for that in my uh, yep. my high school. For we'll sure. break out our mats. We'll do our prayer. We'll be on our way. It's like the it's not a hard accommodation to make for anybody. Mm-hmm. It's fine at this school. I guess these kids were in some office, and you see a video of these boys praying on their on the floor on their knees, and all of a sudden you see a woman walk into the room, basically disrupting them. I'm paraphrasing here, but like. What is going on in my office? How dare you are here? She also said, um, I believe in Jesus, no. so I'm interrupting the floor. No, uh, this mm. cunt. Are you out of your mind? And then she's like, she, I'm not allowing this magic in here. Like, no, you're a Christian. What you are you talking about? Asshole. Yeah. Um, the school, like that day, once this video... And by the way, why was there video of this, That's exactly you wonder? That's what I was about to ask. I don't know the answer is to that. Is it security footage? No. Is the, the boys recorded themselves? The boys recorded themselves probably because they knew this was going to happen. And I wonder if that's because this it's sort of thing before. has happened before. And they're like, you know what? We're just going to set up our they phone. Weren't, they weren't just doing it for the gram? I, 
there's nothing I have seen that suggests they were doing this because they thought it would go viral. I, I, I think that thought would, you were going to say doing it would, for the gram. Right. I think that would cheapen their faith, and I don't think they seem to be the sort of people who are interested in doing that, but they did want to capture this woman on well, camera and, doing and, and this And isn't thing. it a stark difference in how Muslim students have to celebrate their religion versus Christians who yeah. think that just by showing up and being <laughs> white, everyone has to listen to them? And every like... The fucking cluelessness in the year of our Lord, 2022, (laughs) to think it's okay to interrupt students praying. Mm -hmm. Are you out? Religious freedom for only me. Um, And so she got fired immediately. Well, so that night the school posts a message on Facebook. Earlier today, a very troubling TikTok video was shared with our leadership team. At Franklin, we do not tolerate discriminatory behavior in any form. While we do not discuss personnel matters, we can share that the teacher in question is no longer a member of our staff, yada, yada, yada. Okay. Okay. There were some questions I still have. What would have happened if this was not caught on video? Nothing. Then nothing would have happened, right? Like these and kids. And that's why nothing's happening to, I'm sure, dozens and hundreds of places around the country that yeah. this exact thing is happening um, to. I still don't have an answer to this. What's the school going to do to prevent incidents like this in the future? Mm-hmm. They didn't answer that yet. Why don't these students have a safe space where they can worship without being interrupted? Mm-hmm. Why hasn't the school made that accommodation already? I don't mm-hmm. know the answer to that. Well, it sounds like they did, and this woman kind of blew up their spot. Yeah, it's not clear. Um, One person... Uh, like I was reading the TikTok comments on this video because the question is like, well, why are you in this office? Because the lady who barged in and got mad about it, Said she's it her. Office. She seemed to say, why are you in here? You shouldn't be in here. Oh. That's me talking, not her. But the question was like, well, why were you in that office in sure. particular? And one of the comments left by the student who posted the video was that two teachers allowed us into the room that we were in. And he said everything was fine until that lady walked in. So take that as you will. So I wonder how long this has been happening. I don't know. And why were they filming this? Is it because this sort of thing has happened before? I don't know. And again, what would conservatives be saying if a Muslim was caught on camera interrupting a Christian student who was privately praying during the school day? Absolutely not. Right? Absolutely not. Yeah. in just completely crazy. Even now, days later, the school has not said how it plans to address this matter. I mean, it's basic religious tolerance. It's not that complicated. Yeah. Um, This is an interesting story from uh, British Columbia, where this was a lawsuit I heard about so many years ago, and I didn't realize it was still ongoing. And then someone's like, there's a decision now. So I'm like, what's going on here? Here's the story. There was a Christian mother in British Columbia Uh who said her kids at school were illegally forced to participate in an indigenous smudging ritual at the school. We're... Excuse me. Could you repeat that again? Yeah. They were... She's a Christian mother. Uh-huh. Her kids go to this. Uh, I, don't ask me Canadian details here, but that they were forced to participate in some indigenous ritual that involved putting smudges on okay. your body. Okay. Um, and she sued about sued over this years ago. Basically, this mother found out her kids would be attending a school sponsored like traditional Aboriginal smudging ceremony. Cool. The school's version of this is. We want to make sure we're being inclusive uh-huh. of all of our students. We have a lot of students who are indigenous uh-huh. and have that history and that culture. So we want to introduce it. Mm-hmm. It's like showing students this is what Jewish people do mm-hmm. during these this part of the year. Mm-hmm. And like we're going to show it to you. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean we're saying you got to be a part of this. Right. We want to make sure you're educated about it. That's the school's version of the story. School and they educate people, and that's sort of the whole thing. And the mother's claim was that her kids had to hold up a cedar branch while sage smoke wafted over them as part of a cleansing ritual. Wait, wait, wait. That's what she said. She said, "No, no, no. This wasn't educating them. You were indoctrinating them. They were participating in the ritual." I'm just curious where the sage smoke came from if they were burning a cedar branch. But that's neither here nor there. I have no idea. But the lawsuit basically said, you know, that our law, the law says you can't have religion in the classroom. It's basic religious freedom type of stuff. So this is the lawsuit I heard about years ago. Um, The school always said we did everything above board. We were teaching kids about religion. We were not indoctrinating them. Maybe we could have made it more clear that all of this was optional if you wanted to join or participate. What age was this for? Uh, I think it's a younger school. Like elementary-ish? Yeah, but basically this went court to court to court. Mm -hmm. And now uh, 
a court of appeal in British Columbia issued basically a huge blow to mm. the mother. What they <gasps> really? said is, this is definitely not religious indoctrination. Whoa. She had said, I can't pay the court costs because I don't have any money. But sucks to suck. when the other side said, but she's not the one that brought this lawsuit, like it imagine like Liberty Council or ADF oh, like takes over your case, like sure. one of those right wing groups controls your case. But then you're on the hook for in theory. In her case, she's saying, I don't have any money, I can't pay it. And everyone's like, Well, why don't you ask the people that brought this case on her behalf? And the courts are like, Oh yeah. Who this was woman it? didn't bring the some right wing group oh. um in Canada. And they're like, Oh, you guys do have money. You have to pay the school Good. for the six years you just dragged them through the courts. Yay. So that's one thing. That's but fun. this is where it gets really fun. The judge basically looked at all the evidence and said that narrative the mother was spinning this whole time, like almost none of it holds up. Really? So you after mean con- sage smoke doesn't come out of cedar? That's so <laughs> well, strange. Well, they said the judge concluded that the mere presence, the kids being present at mm. the smudging demonstration, um, none of that interfered with her religious beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, they also said children were not participating in the smudging, but that they were observing it as part of a lesson about others' beliefs. Where did she get this idea that kids were participating in it? It seemed like in some cases her daughter said, well, they told us we all had to do it. And the judge looks into it and they're like, no one told the kids oh they God, had to do it. This is like satanic panic uh-huh, all over uh-huh. again. Yeah. The daughter's evidence of the sage smoke giving them luck like, mm-hmm. was that there was so much smoke and it was getting hard to breathe and she couldn't see. And she said she, the daughter said, she told her teacher she wanted to leave, but the teacher wouldn't let her leave mm. And the judge said, this evidence as to the nature and extent of the smudging, the ritual, was directly contradicted by others present. Whoa. So basically, your daughter doesn't know what she's talking about, lady. So they're saying saying these are lies. Like, this is false. They're saying we don't have evidence to confirm any of this. And your whole case is built on the fact that the school forced your kids to do this. There is no reason to believe that. So the school is fine. What they did was legal. And also we realize your people have money. And so you're going to have to pay for the court costs. So had she had this financial situation not happened that they can access that money? Would the school have been on the hook? then the school would have had to pay their own way for a lot of this stuff. This is why they appealed some of this stuff. They're like, look, if we made any mistakes, that's one thing. But you're making us pay money for this frivolous thing that this lady did. And she's not like some nobody here. Mm. Like, they have money. And the judge said, yeah, she has to pay. Um, I'm not telling the entire story. There are more details to this if you're interested in the details. But I'm afraid I'm going to screw it up. But that is the gist of the case. Fascinating story there. Wow. Um, And I have one more I want to leave with you here, which is another just, it's another Canadian story. But I have to do this one. The Mont- the Archdiocese of Montreal, they have also, like every other archdiocese, had child sexual abuse scandals. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. Like, last year, one of the ways they were dealing with their scandal is that uh, the archdiocese basically appointed an ombudsperson last year. Basically, some newspapers, do you know, like the New York Times that are really big, uh-huh. they might uh, hire a public editor. And the person's job is... You're in charge of being the watchdog for our paper. So if we fuck up, you have access to all of us. You have access to the like editor in chief. You keep us honest and you're on our payroll, but we will give you this. We're not going to edit you. You can write whatever you want about us. And we're paying you because I think you provide a service. They don't have that anymore, but they should. So they write. Uh, so wait, I, I, they might I say, you know what, you our newspaper wrote a lot about like, uh, here's an example of what a good public editor would have done. Okay. We have a political reporter at the New York Times who just said, we can't figure out what Elon Musk's beliefs are about politics. Like, but here's the it's evidence. Hard. Yeah, that, but like, okay. no, he's a right wing hack. Here's how we know that. And it's irresponsible of our paper to have published this thing without looking into what's obviously okay. there. That's, That's what a good public editor would do. Mm-hmm. And the New York Times couldn't stop the public editor from writing that. That's sure. ideally what would happen. So in the case of the Archdiocese of Montreal, after the sex abuse scandal, one of the things they did is they said, we will hire someone uh, to be a watchdog mm-hmm. for our archdiocese and give her access to whatever she needs. 
to do whatever investigations because a woman, we, huh? Yeah, we are. We want to be uh, transparent. Sure. That was their pitch. We want to be transparent. We want everyone to feel safe around us. So we hired this person. So they hired this woman, Marie Christine Kirouac, um, who I think has a great resume, was a lawyer or something like that. Like, she knows what she's doing. There's no problem there. She starts digging into stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, this week, she released a report. I know, right? Like, just dig into the Catholic oh Church and figure it out. Oh, my God. Well, one of the things she was doing is digging into older allegations that have maybe not yet been made public for cool. whatever reason. And she realized she was hitting roadblocks and this is from a CBC article. Although the complaint process is supposed to be confidential, Uh-oh. like if you say someone abused me and you want to report that to the church, mm-hmm. you're confidential. Kirouac said a priest, the person who did it, uh, the allegation was made against, who was not named in her report, mm. was sharing emails with someone outside the archdiocese. Mm. The emails revealed the names of the people complaining, the names of the people who were subjects of the complaints, and, like, exchanges they had had with some external investigation firm. No. A lot of confidential information this priest was just sending out into the world. Sure. Shouldn't have done that. Absolutely not. But, okay, that's one dude doing something stupid. Right. Um, she also learned There's that the same... There's a lot of same, those guys in the Catholic Church. She also learned that the same priest had failed to notify her about one complaint, and in another, told the person making the allegations uh, not to contact the Marie, the lawyer. Don't tell her about this. Basically, there is a priest in the archdiocese who is sabotaging her efforts to keep them honest. (laughs) Yeah. (gasps) And she knows who it is. Like, they didn't name the priest, but like, they know who the priest is. But basically, she said there were allegations that were not followed up in a timely manner. Some suspensions and investigations were delayed. This is not one priest. No. Basically, this archdiocese, which hired her to be their watchdog, is still being shady the entire way through. So sorry. And that's the thing. Now, she says, I'm staying in this job. I'm going to make this institution a better place. But also the report basically shows she can't do a thorough investigation. Because they're not not giving her access. Because they're not giving her access. I don't know how you have hope in the process then. Faux transparency that they think they can be like, see, we're all doing it. But Mm -hmm. mean, and then depending on her being incompetent or also corrupt, (laughs) which is honestly in their game, pretty fair, but looks like they, they ran up against the wrong game. This is the same archdiocese to give you some history, by the way, Mm -hmm. in 2017, they instituted a new rule that priests and volunteers can not work with children alone. You guys, we cannot trust any of us in this place to work with kids even after we pass a digital background check. I mean, we cannot be alone with kids. Um I by mean, the look way, in the mirror Catholic Church, <laughs> Jesus. Um the same lawyer lady, Kerouac, mm. in her last report, um or sorry, in her latest report, she wrote this and this is interesting because a lot of times you hear of sexual abuse in the Catholic Church and the church has made this point again and again, a lot of the cases you hear about in the news, they stem back from like decades and decades ago, the priests who committed the crimes have long, long been dead. dead. Yeah. They make that point over and over. This is an old the problem you're all bringing up. Able to cope yes. with it, yeah. And of course, one of the responses is, yeah, it may have happened a long time ago, but these victims are living with it today. Sure. So you owe them something. There's a statute of limitations. But Kirouac said in her latest report that since she was appointed to this job in May of 2021, a little over a year ago, okay. there have been 64 complaints of abuse, 41 of Fresh which ones? 41 of which concerned sexual abuse. Yeah, fresh oh, ones. These are not decades no. old. These are still happening today, she's saying. And she's investigating them, and when they need to, they will turn it over to the police and all that. But the point is, this is not old. This is happening today, or at least the allegations are coming today. Yeah. Depending on, you know, you you have to vet them. You should check them. But just the fact that these are not going away completely. So there's the Catholic Church for you. I'll I mean, stop it's so there. impressive. You know, that, like, they act like they're going to do all the right things and still fuck it up. It's just right. so predictable. Um, what are we going to talk about in the bonus? Um, I have a couple things written down. Yeah. Um, I think, well, we talked about Survivor last night. We should probably talk about it a little bit for people who We care. did not talk about it for people with a microphone. We talked about it amongst ourselves. Yeah, and what's the point of that? That's Why would anyone have a conversation <laughs> that is not recorded and broadcast um, to the masses? We're also going to talk about White Lotus. Ooh, yeah. Oh, I have thoughts. Yeah. Um, I saw a thing, finally. Look at me. What did you see? White Lotus. 
Oh, 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 oh. When I do I? I thought, I thought you were going to say a second thing, and I would have been no, astounded. You know what I tried? That chat AI bot, the chat GPT. I don't know what that is. I will tell you all about it. Okay. Okay. Um, so we're going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about braiding your daughter's hair. Because <laughs> <laughs> she was... Heaven's children are loud and fast. Just yes. real zippy little guys. Yes, they're, they're very, called kids. They're very cute and fun. I like them a whole lot. Um, <laughs> um, and then actually before we go, I want to talk a little bit about... Um, uh, do you know... If you never watched So You Think You Can Dance, did you? Mm, no, I know who you're talking about. Okay, so uh, there's this uh, a man named uh, uh, Twitch who has been... Been I've been aware of him since like 2007, 2008 when he um when he auditioned for so you think he could dance didn't get in got in the next one was like a fucking phenom um came back became a wildly successful public personality he was uh, Ellen's DJ for better or worse I guess I don't know what that was like married another so you think Nance alum they are like the two most beautiful people in the entire world with three most beautiful children in the entire world that are like insanely adorable and talented already um but he um he took his own life this past week um and it's really shocked a lot of people I think because he was so uh joyful and exuberant and charismatic um and that can hide a lot of pain for people, especially when you're in the public eye and feel like you can't, um, I don't know, you can't really be yourself or, like, be three-dimensional. Um, so I just wanted to kind of acknowledge that, um, acknowledge the loss that sort of the whole world, the dance community has. Fuck, he was in, I forgot he was in Magic Mike um, XXL. He was incredible, like, he is a phenomenal talent. He was a phenomenal talent, um, and obviously that's not the only thing to him. Um, but I was just kind of shocked. It hit me really hard. I was looking up something else and that on Twitter, and that popped up, and it just sort of shook me up, um, and it kind of has stuck with me a little bit. Um, uh, unfortunately, in this country, most people, many people don't have easy access to therapy or um, mental health resources, um, and that's too bad. So the best I can offer is take care of yourself and take care of each other and talk to people you love, and we we need you guys here. We, You're needed and you're loved. Um, it was just... Um, it comes by surprise. So, um, anyway, um, you can... Oh, 988 is the crisis hotline now. 988. It's for uh, suicide hotline and other kind of crises. Um, Where do we find all you? All that is to say. Um, you can find me on Twitter. I am at Jess Blimke. Uh, Hemant, where can we find you? Uh, I'm at Hemant Met on Twitter for the next, I don't know, four minutes until Elon yeah, has a hissy on? fit. Um, oh, yeah. That's Apparently, Hemant escaped a... Uh, well, I don't write about Elon much because he's not my beat. Yeah. But, like, all these good journalists, including one who posts a lot of videos of politicians, uh, totally fair. Like, here's what they said at the sure. rally. Here's what they did. Uh, that guy got suspended. Mm. And this isn't a free speech, like, free First speech. Amendment thing because oh, it's, it's a private company. But it is hypocritical for Elon's like, I'm all oh, for no, no. free speech. Oh, you made fun of me? No. He's such an idiot. Um, the wrong people have all the money. Always. You can leave us a review if you want. Hey, recommend this to a friend if you want. Or don't. I don't care. You can read us or leave us a review. Uh, this is from uh, Happy Brain. Nope, that's the title. It's from Are You Hourly, which I assume is like a labor joke. I don't know. Uh, happy Brain, five stars. As a diagnosed neurodivergent, the show makes my brain happy. Jessica's rapid fire rants and background commentary behind. <laughs> I've really been leaning into mumbling behind you. I think it's a funny bit. Everybody hates it but me. Uh, behind Hemant's calmer structure and sarcasm ah. results in a delightful mix. I get passion and structured chaos along with prescient human humanist themes and important stories. Thank, thanks, you guys. Oh, that was very sweet. I Aww. liked that a whole lot. 
Um, is that it? That's it. We'll see you in the bonus for those of you who are supporting us at patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. See you next week. <laughs>